You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Hoosiers? It is Monday, September 6th. A happy Labor Day to all of you listening on Monday, and I wish it could have been a happier weekend for our Hoosiers. This is obviously Locked on Hoosiers, your daily source for IU Athletics News. I am your host, Jacob Rood. As I said, the uh, Hoosiers did not give us a great Labor Day weekend. A lot to discuss about a giant egg that the Hoosiers laid on Saturday in Iowa City to kick off the college football season. College football isn't the only thing starting. The NFL is as well, and nobody has you covered like the Locked On Podcast Network. Going on right now through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason LaConfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts to tune in. It started on August 30th. It finishes up on Wednesday. You guys have plenty of coverage there, whoever you follow in the NFL. As I mentioned, boy, do we have a lot to discuss with the Hoosiers. Nothing went right as they get blown out in Iowa City 34-6. to that doesn't even really feel like it tells the whole whole tale. It was 31 to 3 at halftime and boy we're going to try to break it all down. We have three big takeaways from the game. We will have three plays, three notable plays that I think changed the game and three notable players who in this case all of them had pretty strong performances. I'm going to try to find some positives in the uh, in this result, I'm naturally an optimistic person. We're going to try to find some positives, but I'm sure you guys are aware there weren't a lot on Saturday. So, as always, you can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Follow the show at LO underscore Hoosiers. Follow me at Jacob Rood. We are also on Instagram at Locked on Hoosiers. As I said, the Hoosiers go into Iowa City and it took all of seven plays for them to find themselves down the 14 to nothing. One of the most peak Indiana starts and games that I can ever remember. We talked a lot about how it felt like the Hoosiers were different now. And we learned on Saturday that they might be different in the long run, but right now they still have some, uh, some ability to lay a giant egg and look like the Hoosiers of old. Just a frustrating, disappointing uh, performance and one that I don't think anybody expected. That's really my first takeaway is that this isn't the IU team we expected. There were so many expectations, so much anticipation coming into the game. Uh, So many people I know set aside Saturday to watch IU football who may not have generally, not for football, for basketball games, but how quickly all of that went awry and it was just stunning to see the way IU started the big touchdown run I kind of expected there to be a big explosive play offensively it wasn't ideal the defense got caught out in a way that they normally aren't caught out the pick six adding to that and then from then on the Hoosiers looked shell-shocked for a lot of that first half I was worried about that aspect as well, playing in that environment. 
It's something I tried to talk about. Maybe I didn't talk about enough, depending on where you guys listen, but uh, that was an electric environment. And to give up two big plays like that inside just barely two minutes into the game, boy, that is a huge hole to dig out of against Iowa, period. But in Iowa City, in that uh, stadium that was rocking, that was a tough task. As I said, it it looked like the old IU, the IU that we thought we'd gotten rid of and the IU that didn't exist last season. Uh, it was mistakes upon mistakes upon mistakes. Penalties killed us. Uh, the, the turnovers hurt. In that first half, everything just compounded itself. And IU never had any momentum. And it, it never... They never corrected course. By the time they could finally kind of get their footing, it was the second half. And as we said, it was 31-3, to and everyone was just seeing out the clock in that second half. So it was a – IU failed their first test of the season. Now, that, that doesn't mean they failed the whole course, and we're certainly going to talk more about that later in the week. But IU failed its first test pretty spectacularly, and – I mean, if we're talking individually, there's no one else I don't. I think you can start with other than Michael Penix. We spent a lot of the offseason talking about the expectations on his shoulders. Boy, did he not live up to them through that game. Again, that was as uncharacteristic of a game for Michael Penix as he's had in his career. That was his worst game of his career. He looked rusty. He looked very rusty, which considering it had been nine months since he'd played an actual game. Uh, that's not surprising, although we were certainly not hoping or not expecting that maybe. The first interception was certainly not on him. We're going to talk about that, but that certainly rattled him. The second interception, again, we're going to talk about that. He was totally undone after that, which led to that wild third interception. But but outside of the turnovers, I mean, there were uncharacteristic decisions he was making, throws he was making, reads he was making. He looks he looked rattled. He looked he did not look like a junior uh, leader out there. And that there are some concerns. But if you're trying to find positives, he's never done that before, and he's never looked that bad before. But boy, did he he looked bad. Just straight up bad against uh, Iowa, and he is going to certainly need to bounce back to uh, prove people, prove IU fans right. I mean, there were, we I've talked to the Locked On Big Ten's uh, host Nate Dickinson a couple times. He said he wasn't sold on Penix. I tried to make the case. I don't have much of a case through one game this season. That was brutal. Last thing I'll briefly touch on because think this is going to be a talking point through much of the season the offensive line did not step up in any way the talk of at least part of the fall camp the preseason was how the offensive line knew it needed to improve they felt like they had improved there were no improvements from last season they made mistakes that were they they had penalties they made mistakes that led to sacks Penix was constantly under pressure, which certainly did not help him. He, it, They were decent-ish in the run game. They were horrible in the passing game. The Iowa's defensive line wasn't doing anything particularly 
like advanced. I rewatched the first half today. They ran a couple stunts and just that alone was able to they were able to create pressure with four man fronts. That is bad. That is not good. The it was a problem for the Hoosiers last season that shaped the way they had to play offensively. And through one game, it's a problem for the Hoosiers still. So we're going to talk about that more throughout this week and throughout, it seems like, the season. But the offensive line, to me, was one of the most glaring problems. Uh, Obviously, Penix's interceptions are going to look worse on the stat line, but the offensive line, there are a lot of issues there. I want to take a look at three specific plays, two of them involving the aforementioned turnovers. All of them came in the first half because when I say I rewatched the game, I rewatched the first half. I could not be asked to rewatch that second half again. Watching it through once was enough. So we're going to look at three plays that really kind of shaped this game and changed this game for the Hoosiers in just one moment. Before we jump to that, though, do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? I mean, the game's rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention the experts who have more tools and more times. You don't stand a chance. So I want to introduce you guys to something new called Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. So here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineup and says, go ahead and beat us. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name the stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you the lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You're in total control, and Stat Hero is daily fantasy sports the way it was meant to be one-on-one. I enjoy playing fantasy sports. I was never successful at them for all the reasons mentioned. I didn't have the time to dedicate daily to find the best lineups. I didn't have the funds to try a dozen different lineups and have the, some of them win. This is different. This is this is the solution. So play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up free right now and you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on stathero.com slash locked on. So if we're going to talk three plays that really changed the game for the Hoosiers, I have a feeling none of these plays, at least two of these plays are not going to be surprising. Uh, The two pick sixes we're going to talk about. The first one, rewatching it, I rewatched it a couple times. It was, so DJ Matthews, the transfer, It's a simple little out route. It would not have gotten a first down, but right as he breaks, Penix has let the ball go, and Matthew slips, and in his hurry to get up and get his feet feet back, excuse me, uh, the ball just gets on him too quickly, goes through his hands, and in a lot of senses, it was peak kind of IU and the luck they've had. Because even then, if the ball just deflects, goes down, goes out of bounds, nothing changes, and IU punts the ball, it's not ideal, but they're down 7-0, and the defense gets back out out there. 
The ball bounced basically the one way it could not bounce if you're a Hoosier. Goes straight up in the air. Riley Moss runs under it, and he's gone. There's nobody around. And suddenly a game that, I mean, it was a manageable game at that point. It, Like I said, that wasn't going to get them a first down. The defense still had it covered. It was going to get them a punt, which the punting game struggled mightily. That's something we're not really going to be able to get to today. But, who boy, do they have a way to go with James Evans out there. Um, but Riley Moss returns it for a touchdown, and that seemed to rattle not just Penix, but the Hoosiers as a whole. To put them that far behind the eight ball right away was brutal. You come back out the next series, and really, Indiana... I thought they bounced back decently. They were really trying to establish the run early. Uh, they get it into a short yarded situation on third down. Penix finds Miles Marshall in the gap of the zone. A great play, but the very next seek, the very next play. If you guys are are wanting to go back and watch this, because obviously I can't show you film on an audio podcast. The very next play is a simple little. Kind of, I think it went for two yards, an out route to Hendershot. And if you watch Penix on that, immediately he puts his hands up. He points down the field and puts his hands on his head like he missed something. They show the uh, play from behind the line of scrimmage. Penix missed a wide, wide open DJ Matthews. And I, I'm not one to exaggerate and say, oh, well, that would have been a touchdown. I mean, I just told you that the... The interception was only going to be about two yards if DJ Matthews doesn't slip and lose the ball. This one was wide open. The entire defense was moving away from Matthews, who had went down the sideline, and he was gone. Nobody was around him. Uh, If you guys go to our Twitter, at LO underscore Hoosiers, I put a screenshot. Nobody's defending him. If Penix... It doesn't even have to be a good throw, which he struggled at times to make good throws on the run. If he just gets that to Matthews, it's a touchdown. And then we're talking a 14-7 game. IU silences the crowd a little bit. The offense has momentum. Now we are talking an entirely different game. Instead, it goes to Hendershot. He gets a couple yards. And then Caleb Jones gets one of his two false starts. And penalties in the O-line derail the drive and they punt it away. That entirely, that play entirely changes the game. You're not going to find it anywhere on a stat sheet. You're not going to find it anywhere unless you're really re-watching the game and noticing that. And those are the miscues that IU didn't really have last year, that Penix didn't really have last year. And when you are on the road against a ranked team, those are the type of miscues you cannot have. So that was, when I say uncharacteristic, it's those types of plays. The last play, obviously, the second pick six really blew this game open, and at that point felt like the Hoosiers had no chance, to be honest. So, And it came on a, on a, in a spot where it felt like the Hoosiers could get some momentum. Right before the half, they just force a fumble. Penix gets the ball. Penix in the offense gets the ball with a minute. Just under two minutes left, about a minute 45 left. I don't really know what happened. On first watch, it looks like a really bad decision by Penix. If you were watching the broadcast, more if you were listening to the broadcast, 
The sideline reporter said Penix immediately went over to Cameron Buckley, who was the intended receiver, and told him he ran the wrong route. Now, if you look at the pass, here's the plausible scenario. Because the pass wasn't, it was right at Buckley. Here's the plausible scenario, I think. It It was some type of timing route. Penix dropped back, turns, goes to throw it, realizes Buckley has run the wrong route, tries to adjust and get him the ball, kind of mid-throw, and it ends up, again, Riley Moss is just sitting on it, breaks on the ball, intercepts it, he's gone. I don't, I mean, honest, ultimately we're never going to know what happened, who was at fault there, and I don't expect anyone to publicly say this player was at fault. We only have what we heard in the broadcast, and it's plausible Buckley being a transfer. Those are the types of things that you kind of had hoped you could iron out during the spring, the summer, the fall. Again, the type of mistake you cannot make on the road against a ranked team, and especially in that situation in which that that changed the game and... A 24-3 game, even if IU goes down, gets a field goal, gets some type of points on the board, you feel a little bit better. It's still a multi-score game. A 31-3 game with Iowa having all the momentum, it's done. It's you, there was, multiple people I know turned the game off at halftime. You you listening to this may have turned the game off at halftime. Excuse me, that made it 28-3. There was the field goal. The hilarious trolling uh, Tom Allen did calling all three timeouts. Still at 28 to 3, it's over. The it's just a different feel at that point. So you can't those are mistakes you can't make. The Hoosiers made all of them throughout the game. And it's as simple as that. Iowa didn't make mistakes throughout the day, especially in that first half. And the Hoosiers did. And Iowa took advantage of them. That's the difference. I think one of the the biggest differences you saw in this game, and this will be our last point of this, Iowa is a team built from the inside out. They're a team that's built on offensive and defensive line play, and they go from there. The Hoosiers are a team right now built from the outside in. They have tons of skill position players. The lines struggle. I thought the defensive line did better. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. The offensive line we mentioned did not under any circumstances. That's the difference you get tonight. If you look statistically, Iowa didn't have that big of a a statistical game offensively, but that was an absolute blowout. And I think that right now, very simplified, I think that's the difference between these two teams right now is one is built from the inside out and one is built from the outside in. That doesn't mean the Hoosiers can't be successful, but in this matchup it meant the Hoosiers couldn't be successful, this specific matchup. Now, we're going to try to end on some positives because this has been a very negative show. And honestly, I mean, it was a very disappointing performance. But we're going to try to find a couple positives for the Hoosiers uh, before we head off and I send you guys off into your Labor Days. Before that, though, do you guys know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus some occasional limited time flavors? Talk to anybody that's had Built Bar and they'll tell you their favorites. For me, anything uh, chocolate chip or cookie dough, anything like that, cookies and cream, anything that involves cookies, I'm in. You have me sold. Uh, For others, it could be coconut, 
cherry, raspberry, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate. There's They have all kinds of flavors. If you aren't really certain as to what your favorite flavor could be, you guys can order a mix box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors. But not only are Built Bars the best tasting, they're also healthy. You're looking at 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. So you have nine amazing flavors. They're all tasty. They're all healthy. Really, there's no reason not to order Built Bar today. Go to BuiltBar.com, use a promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order. It's that time of year again where football is returning and all eyes are going right back to the gridiron at the start of the college and uh, pro seasons. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. We talked to you guys before the week. Iowa was favored all week. I don't know how many of you bet on that. I personally took the over, and Iowa did their part in that. I certainly expected more from the Hoosiers. Uh, it did not hit on the day, just all around a dud of a day. But Bet Online has all your updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. They're both open now at BetOnline. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, and receive a 100% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKEDON. Also be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, where you can make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, in the season opener between the Buccaneers and Cowboys, and if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football to basketball to boxing right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. As I said, we're going to try to find some positives from Saturday's performance. Most of these are going to come on one side of the field, as I think many would suspect. To me, one of the best, maybe the best player for the Hoosiers on the field on Saturday was Ryder Anderson. We talked a lot about the two sides of the line, and one of them stepped up, I thought, on Saturday. The defense... It doesn't look pretty, just looking at the the score, give up 34 points. Immediately account for the fact that 14 of those, the defense had no say in. Two pick sixes, no say in that. So you're down to 20 points. After that touchdown on the first drive, which you simply can't write off, like the defense, that was horrible pursuit on the edges. They got especially Reese Taylor, who just kind of went diving in and... Once he missed out, there was nobody there to stop Woodson. After that huge miscue, that first drive went for 67 yards for Iowa. They only had 303 yards the rest of the game. Now, again, there's some context that has to go into this. Iowa was immediately up 14 points and were up 31 points at halftime. The entire last three quarters, basically, Iowa was playing it as safe as possible. There was certainly no need to press the issue. But the Hoosiers still, I thought, played defensively really well. 
It looked a lot like what we expected. No big plays out after that one touchdown, especially in the passing game. We kind of knew that would be the case. They weren't going to be an explosive passing team, and they limit Goodson to 99 yards, 56 of those coming on that one run. So the really only other big play they gave up was the touchdown run by uh, Petrus. That was, I mean, it was only nine yards for a touchdown. It was really unexpected. Play calling wise, it was great. We won't mention the the blatant holding missed on the goal line on Micah McFadden. But anyway, circling back to where we started this discussion, to me, one of the best players defensively was Ryder Anderson. He finishes uh, tied for the team lead in tackles at seven. Five of those were solo tackles. He had one of the two sacks on the day. He had two tackles for losses. I thought he was all over the place making big plays, especially in the backfield, and it was noticeable. I thought Weston Kramer was right there with him. He was also seven tackles on the day, also had a tackle for a loss. Those two really helped uh, keep the run game in, again, after that first drive, keep Iowa's run game intact and control. Uh, The other big name for me was Raheem Lane, who finished with six tackles. And for those solos, forced one fumble. I thought he was in the middle of a lot of stuff for the Hoosiers defensively. Uh, that secondary we talked about being uh, pr- probably the best aspect of the Hoosiers' um, defense, and it's a really talented defense. Raheem Lane was the guy there for them. And he there he was maybe one that had the most uh, questions coming in, moving from cornerback to safety. He certainly didn't look any the worse off. Uh, again, really strong performance of him, really encouraging, because that was one of the few areas there were some questions in how Raheem Lane would adjust for the Hoosiers. And so far, so good. I tried to pigeonhole one offensive player into this. I debated a little bit Stephen Carr. I thought ultimately he looked decent. He didn't have a lot to work with, similar to Stevie Scott last year. Uh, But the name I ended up going with was Ty Freifogel. I think a lot of people will remember the one catch he didn't make on the sideline where it hit his hands and bounced out on a play that ultimately would have not counted because there was a penalty. He still finishes the day with five receptions for 84 yards, had a 33-yard catch, uh, pretty nice catch and run. I believe it came on third down. Um, he accounted for over half of Penix's yards on the day, which that isn't necessarily surprising. It's just that the rest of the throws Penix made, honestly, were pretty surprising. But Freifogel, I thought, more or less did his part. As much as he could do on the day, he talked after the game about the receivers needing to do better. To some extent, that's true. Uh, it, it, it was a collective failure offensively on Saturday. So I thought Fry Fogel looked decent. The defense looked really good. The good news for all of this is that the Hoosiers have Idaho coming up on next week, which should be a much, much simpler task for them. Then starting at Iowa, the bad news is they immediately have Cincinnati after that. But we're going to go one week at a time here. We have Idaho coming up on Saturday. We will start looking into them tomorrow. We're going to try to find someone to come on to talk to us about Idaho. 
They are an FCS school, so it could be a little difficult, but we're going to try to find somebody to talk to us about Idaho. Go out and enjoy your Labor Day, guys. Uh, Don't let the Hoosiers spoil anything for you. We will be back later in the week to, to try to continue breaking down what went wrong and hopefully what will go right for the Hoosiers on Saturday. If you haven't already, leave a rating and review. Subscribe to the podcast. I appreciate all of the help. Give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, we were tweeting throughout the game, at least throughout the first half. Uh, and then while you're over there, while you're on Twitter, while you're subscribing to us, head on over to the Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. I appreciate all this support, guys. Have a great Labor Day and L-E-O.